This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast Network, but not from Headstuff Studios. Welcome to Mother Folklore, the quarantine sessions. I am Tara Crochet. And I'm Pather O'Kribonic. How's it hanging, Pather? Oh, it's, yeah, it's hanging grand. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard at times to find the silver lining in every cloud, but I'm trying to enjoy lockdown as much as possible and get, uh, get as much quality time with the family as I can. Silver linings are dangerous, though. Many a man has cut his hands on the silver linings in a bad cloud. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't aware many people were reaching up and, and, and trying to find the silver linings in clouds. But yeah. well, I, do, I do believe that's how clouds conduct electricity, through the, with the silver in them. I, I didn't even know that, that silver conducts, but then again, I was absolutely shit at secondary school science. So I, I know. Well, didn't you not get the extra points for doing it in Irish pattern? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> auto pass. <laughs> <laughs> auto pass yeah. so the but the thing is i think though there is a precedent for as, as a uh, arrogant as a conductive i think it wasn't your man arrogant love um able to shoot lightning from his arm i think that may have been an embellishment of what is actually a really cool story like knew the arrogant love uh, a king who lost his arm but like the ancient gaelic kings they had to be perfect they had bodily perfect or or else they would be uh Essentially, they get cancelled. Like they'd be like, "You ain't no king no more." So, mm. knew the arrogant love when he when he lost his hand, he had it replaced by a perfect replica made out of silver. And he said, oh, "No, uh, nobody can say my body is not intact." But yeah, I don't know. Pretending don't know they never liked him. Yeah, <laughs> 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 just coming up close to get a scratch of his arm. Like it's uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Did he shoot lightning out of his? It's not a not a version of the story I've heard. Um, well, and all so I know about Nuda Arrogant Love is that 25 years ago he made some very unsavory comments about a different High King. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so whole, he's cancelled again. <laughs> he's, he's way cancelled. You know, he shouldn't have got away in the first place. And speaking of cancelled, and the whole idea of people, you know, getting the boot or just being, you know, being held finally, people, powerful people, finally being held accountable and briefly being, yeah, um, yeah because that that is commoted. essentially that is essentially what cancel culture is, isn't it? That we are going to look at something you said and or did, and we are going to say, "Hey, that's not cool." That's that's really the be all and end all of cancel culture, isn't it? Well, I, th- I think so. But um, the but who better to? I mean, I the truth the truth is better. I don't know. That's why I brought on someone who knows more about these things than I do. The social media reviewer for No Study, Gwen Hi guys. 
Hey, hey. <laughs> Hello, Aharja. Donegal calling. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that rural broadband is holding up well. Oh, stop. <laughs> I am working on a hotspot here. You serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And how, how are things, Pauline? How are things up in Tirkhanal? Well, things are fine. It's, um, as Pather was saying, I'm spending a lot of quality time with my family. Uh, and we haven't killed each other yet because we all get along well. So that's nice, I suppose. Uh, you, have, you haven't had any dis- disagreements over the correct footing of turf? Well, I mean, we were all taught the same way, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Builds character, well, you know. Since we last spoke and you were on one of our most popular episodes of 2019, in which we talked about uh, whatever happened to Ban Fawjean and how various Irish lyrics are translated to English, since then you've become the social media correspondent with NOS. Yeah, so this is a role I kind of took on a few weeks ago, uh, just as a sort of internet roundup at the end of the week. Because so many things happen on the internet and on Twitter and everywhere else during the week that we decided that we needed to sort of document it. And mm-hmm. even as I write the columns, sometimes I I have forgotten what happened on a Monday and it feels like weeks ago, but time on the internet just moves so fast. So it's nice to have it documented and to just discuss and go through everything that's happened and have a sort of record of it. It really is. And I think this is something that the Daily Edge used to do before it was folded. It was just, and even sometimes recently when things like last year, when there was the, the feral hogs or the fish cannon, people are saying, you know, this this would have been, you know, this would have been an article in the Daily Edge now, or, or these things aren't being commemorated. And I think it's great to actually that it's an Irish language publication that's stepping up and tracing this thing, this phenomenal thing that is Irish Twitter or Irish social media in general and how distinct and fresh it is compared to some of the other stuff. I know, and I was a massive fan of the Daily Edge when it was running, and uh, it's great to have a, like a sort of opportunity to bring the same thing sort of back, but through the Irish language, because we don't have enough of that. <laughs> That's for sure. That's Damn absolutely. right. Yeah, I, I love it. I think uh, I think it's great because uh, it allows me to just have a little scan through what's happening in the world of social media and I can pretend to be with it and not a decrepit old man, which I actually am. I'm keeping so. you all young. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So excellent. I, I, I just, it's been something to really look forward to because there has been uh, some interesting stuff happening in fact, very recently between between Irish dancing, between turf cutting, between reply guys, uh, between various other hashtags, between Nick Hook and all of all things. It's been a crazy time. It, and it's only been a month. <laughs> People are going mad. Yeah, what was the story with the Nick Hucknell thing? He decided to start like ranking cultures of the world he, i mean like with the with the greatest respect in the world like that that's that's pretty fucking toxic i saw i saw a tweet <laughs> just before i came onto the call that was like there's so much so much news happening this week that mick hucknell started to, uh, nearly started a race war and nobody noticed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think the people who live in red-headed houses shouldn't throw stones but hey but it's uh yeah it, it was just a very odd thing particularly and I mean because uh, there was this that, that, that very morning like Lana Del Rey was having this kind of um, moment. Yeah, and, the, you know, the Lana you did you see the Lana Del Rey thing? Of like, course I did. It was what madness. What is 
What is she at? I think it's I think it's one of those things where uh, someone lives in a very insular sort of community where they're told they're great all the time and then they suddenly think they're the only person in the world and that their experience is the most difficult experience anyone has ever ever had and it's one of those things where privilege really comes into the conversation and I don't know it's just I just found it mad how she could even think of using other women and other extremely successful female artists to sort of bring herself up and say well I've been doing all this great work and why doesn't feminism represent me, a white woman? You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh... yeah, yeah. Nobody is nobody is talking about these successful, strong, intelligent, talented black women in the same way they're talking about me. Why? 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 It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> so, so to, since you started, I mean, obviously, the, the, these, this quarantine era has been an issue when many people are really get, getting stuck into TV shows, podcasts. Um, where are we going to start? We start with. Um, we start with the normal people issue. In fact, I think, well, I, I actually tweeted with the Irish for normal people once, just quite recently. But obviously it's, um, it was more Gnest dinner from the sound of things in Joe Duffy, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that's it. Stop the record. No, that is. You are, you are a terrible human being. Why? Oh, Why? come on. Like, that's the- just... There are puns, and then there's just. I know it labors. That that shit. <laughs> would, would you would you say that I just rammed it in? <laughs> Dara Christ. Yeah. I have well, have you seen Have you seen Katy Perry's tweet that she put up? I think it was today. I have. She said, "Who knew? Who yeah. knew that she wasn't into stuff?" And and Courtney Kardashian watching normal people as well. I saw the tweets that were like. Uh, Courtney Kardashian search history. It's like, what is Deb? What is the leaving search? What is Lego? <laughs> what is Centra? This is the thing, and it's it is one of the things because so often Irish people are very sensitive with the way um, Ireland is portrayed in in shows in things like I remember like ten years ago I was at a wedding in America and everyone was talking about P.S. I love you the film and people are actually very sensitive how accents are done how the thing is represented you know um, ferries being redirected from from Cardiff to Dingle that kind of stuff now, now that was leap year yeah, I know I'm talking I'm, 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 I'm referring yeah. to, I know it was leap year I'm just referring to the I, people, I just think I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to be yeah, I'm not going to be too critical of P.S. I love you because Jared Butler has sincerely apologised for his <laughs> abortive attempt at an Irish accent yeah so this is why like I think Every, I think most people would agree that normal people is, inc- is extremely authentic and well observed. I think that's the, my favourite bit of the normal people phenomenon. Uh, and I think it's probably something that we all know of. And I, it's, it co- sort of comes back to this like representation thing or art that's made in Ireland can be made for the people of Ireland and not sort of pandering to the Americans or the English or try to make it like almost dilute it so people can understand it like a show what came out on tv talking about the devs talking about having centra in it and stuff like that and people <laughs> still watched it and it still became a massive global hit and it's yeah. sort of, I, feel, I feel like it's it's really good now for anyone who, who's writing in ireland now to sort of know that they don't need to condense it and and sort of dumb it down for other people and that there there is an audience for stuff that's weirdly specific yeah, it's yeah. mad. Like it's it's been huge for Sligo. 
Sligo Tourism are loving this. They're just like, as soon as this pandemic lifts, they're expecting millions of people to go on pilgrimages to Tupper Curry. Like, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's unreal. Centra, Centra are tweeting about it. Like, Centra are tweeting about it going, you know, like, Connell works in a Centra. Like, would you, what's your favourite thing about Centra? It's like, it's gas. <laughs> like, one thing I have heard, you'll have to forgive me because I have neither read the books nor have I actually seen the television series. Um, so I'm following this entirely on social media and through the through the, the the reaction people have had I did read a very interesting theory though apparently in the novel by Sally Rooney Connell is a soccer player because Ooh. it Side is it is uh, yeah not only that but also it's a completely and totally shark jumping moment uh, to imagine that any woman has ever looked at a Gaelic footballer uh, in any kind of a sexual manner ah uh, here that's that's <laughs> I mean, you well, I are mean, clearly if, here you're showing your... Um, your you're showing your dub there? Exactly. If you cut out GA players, if you're living in a place like Donegal, I think you'll have far to go before you find someone to, <laughs> to go after. Uh, I, think, I think it's more about the fact that he doesn't play county. Like, why is she even interested in him? He doesn't play county. I know, but did you see that goal? <laughs> oh, good. brilliantly! Uh, did you see? Did you see? Like Daryl O'Brien and Lenny Abrahamson were, were were tweeting about it. Apparently, like the the goalkeeper was so good, the guy mm-hmm. who was playing that role, the extra, that like Abraham had to say, "Would you, would you stop fucking saving it?" Like <laughs> he has to score for the script. Like, stop pulling off worldies and let him score, would you? You make God. him look good. Yeah, the extra is hoping to get onto some sort of county panel. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's the thing. When an extra doesn't know their place, it, it creates. Oh no, no, no! But to be fair, now you know, mm. Lenny was Lenny was tweeting in, in good in good spirits. <laughs> like he just said that this guy is a legend. It's absolutely classy. He wanted it to look authentic. It just turns out the goalkeeper was too good to to make <laughs> yeah. it look like he was trying to save it and, and, and couldn't. If it was, it was a too, weak too save, a people would have people would have asked questions. Yeah, or if he didn't move. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can't win, really. Culture, cultural phenomenon, though. Let, let's let's put it down there. Like, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I actually struggle to think of anything else in recent memory that has, as you say, Pauline, been made by Irish content creators for an Irish audience that has had this international resonance. Yeah, it's it's very hard to think because I remember when even when like a couple of years ago they were wondering when when Aidan Gillen was playing Charlie High would this would that get enough of an international audience? It didn't. And on one level, yes, we should be able to make stuff just for ourselves. But on the other, it's great to see people just that we 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 accept highly local um, productions about London and Manhattan all the time, and you know the world the world. So, what is local is universal. Yeah, dead on. Like, I just mm-hmm. watched Un- Unorthodox. Have you guys seen it? Oh, I have. Uh-huh. Yes, very oh, good. Oh, God, it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. But the thing is, like, it's two-thirds in Yiddish, and then the rest of it is in German or, or English. And and it is. It's incredibly localised. It's centred around one part of Williamsburg in, in, in Brooklyn and one woman's journey. And yet, we, we lap this shit up. Like, we love it. There's absolutely no reason why something about Ireland or even better in Irish couldn't have the same global resonance and you know some things have sort of have come close like Black 47 
did brilliantly all around the world. Aracht, the new film, is winning awards at film festivals everywhere. And of course, um, our old pal Shanti O'Malley was in. Uh, it's called, I think, Dominion Creek on Netflix. Yes, but uh, mm-hmm. we 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 called it on Klondike over here. And did, did they dub it? They yeah they they they, oh. they did unfortunately yeah oh. only the English soundtrack is available. But hey, we're getting there. We're getting there. I think I, I think because I remember um, some of our international listeners were saying, oh, "Why, why Dominion Creek? Give us on Klondike. We want the real stuff." And particularly because there was some very interesting. Um, I guess when you when you know a bit of Irish, and you could see the difference between the subtitles and the words spoken. It was very interesting. There was a, there was a bit when one character says he's being treated like a slave in the, sub, in the subtitles, and then the Irish he's being treated like a spalp. Oh, Ooh. that is and culturally re- culturally I, resonant. I got straight on the phone to Limerick for <laughs> nineteen fourteen, and I said, "What do you think of this?" And like this because the whole Irish slaves myth, and I was like, "Would you wonder what like if, if people actually were using these terms interchangeably? Could that mean?" And I don't know if their researchers actually were looking at how did indentured people refer to themselves in in letters to each other or in correspondence in Irish time, but I'm fairly sure they would have made a, a distinct. A, a, they would have distinguished themselves significantly from from chattel slaves. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. We've always we've always been sort of down near the bottom rungs of the ladder, but we've always had someone to look down on. Hey, don't as make a nation. Elvis better. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's something that you know makes us who we are. That like no matter no matter how shit we've been treated by other societies and cultures, we've always had the temerity to look down on someone more unfortunate than us. Mm. I think I think it comes through in Irish culture as well that we can't really take praise either. It's just sort of like if you do a good job, you're sort of like, oh, sure, it was nothing. Like, it's grand. Oh, sure, I, I was all right, yeah. Stuff like that. I feel like it sort of comes from that, like, lower rung thing where you're like, oh, like I shouldn't get above my station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tall flowers get the, get the first chop. Exactly. Speaking of flowers tall flowers the rose of covid 19 was another thing you documented in one of your recent articles another online phenomenon that Incredible happened in and that was uh that was your emer i say your emer in the most irish who did that and it was an incredible move i mean i enjoyed every single video that went up I very nearly went in myself, but I was uh, I was still in that stage of quarantine where I had been wearing the same tracksuit bottoms for the last what <laughs> week, and, uh, <laughs> and the hair hadn't been washed. And I said, you know what, I'll leave it to somebody else this time. I can't think of any <laughs> special talents except for you know throwing grapes in the air and catching them. <laughs> That's pretty well, good. First of all, not only is that pretty good, but you're 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 doing that thing you said Irish people do. You're you're doing yourself down because one of the other things that we've seen on the Irish language social media is on Instagram uh, from Nos is paint all Napoleon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, did you did you forget about how good you are at that? Or <laughs> hi guys, today I'm going to be sitting down and drawing some fruit. Uh, <laughs> You're the, you're the Irish Bob Ross. <laughs> I know, and do you know what? I you're find like an, an unproblematic Ralph Harris. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, <laughs> I, I suppose. <laughs> I'll stay with Bob Ross if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should get some squirrels for the next episode. <laughs> no, um, the paint all the thing was actually, um, it was actually Matthew's idea, the editor of Nose. 
and he said, why don't you do a live video for people to follow along with at lunchtime on Tuesdays? And I said, do you know what, that'd be great because I don't set out enough time for myself to do art or to paint or to draw or anything else and sort of go back to basics and do it in a in a class or um, in a tutorial format is really relaxing. And I sort of, I, and I try to make it as relaxing as possible for people. And I have like the sort of, like the lo-fi hip hop, a one hour loop thing on in the background to like sort of relax people at lunchtime. And I don't try not to talk too much. And it's Look sort of like- more, is it? Yeah, well, not, in, in a way, yes. That's what one <laughs> of my friends who doesn't have Irish described it as. Uh, and she, she told all of her friends about it because uh, she found it so relaxing one day when I was doing the cactus. <laughs> I think and, I think it's just lovely. It's it's just an absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't paint along. Like I have absolutely no intention of trying to murder a canvas. Uh, <laughs> but I do find it great for mindfulness. It's just very. It's a very very peaceful and relaxing piece of time to take for yourself. Uh, and thank you for painting for us. Well, it's really you. lovely. Thank you very much for enjoying it. Sometimes I'm like, I wonder is anyone watching this? Because my my tripod is sort of above my head, so I can't see if anyone's watching. So it's sort of more relaxing for me and also more stressful. Because <laughs> I'm like, do you know what? I'm just doing this for myself and just talking through. And you sort of don't realise that you can talk to yourself solidly for an hour and, you know, be totally fine about it. Sometimes you're like, I wonder, am I going to run out of stuff to say? And your brain just comes up with more things. So recently, I just one of your pieces there, and that just reminded me there. You you came up, you you had the Irish for Stockholm syndrome. There's a syndrome Stockholm, and it looks great with those extra photos. But you referred to this in context of your piece, where you mentioned that all the back episodes, passion fashion, <laughs> are now yes. available, including. Oh. A special episode. A cultural. It wasn't that fucking special. <laughs> the fashion of the time. I think, Pallor, you were the, one of the only people on my timeline that actually got outed in a way <laughs> <laughs> on fashion, fashion. Yeah. Everyone yeah, else yeah. got away with it. <sighs> Yeah, that was weird because like there's loads of people that I recognised in that series, of course, but uh, yeah, I got absolutely bodied, um, <laughs> and and you know what, deservedly so because um, we had a lot of fun recording it, but they they're really really good. Like we we, we discussed this at our at our live uh, show in the Sugar Club a couple of years ago, um, but it was it was hilarious. It was so much fun. I actually um, as soon as it came up online, I reached out to Eileen who was the girl in the episode. I sent her a message on Facebook and just said, uh, hey, <laughs> guess what's up here? And she goes, oh, no, I spent a fortune in therapy and now I'm going to have to spend more. <laughs> for a new age, for more people to rip the piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've also realised that in and around that time, God, when was it? 2003 or 2004 or something? It was a long time ago anyway. But I wore a lot of brown and so did a lot of other people. Mm. The khaki was... colours were very in. I yeah. think the, the camo sort of look. I mean, I wouldn't really. I mean, I was what, 2003? I was six. You're six, yeah, great. Yep. <laughs> but I, I <laughs> seem to recall having a lot of khaki clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that may be for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very forgiving colour for a child. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I was one of those children that sort of went out and rolled on the ground as soon as possible. So, you know. <laughs> oh, if you buy your children shit coloured clothes, it's mm. uh, it's really, really useful. It's good all the grass tip. stains and, you know, all the cow paths you might have had a walk through. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. good for so it's good for children who are you know um, able to walk and talk, but with babies, you never know what color the poo's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move swiftly on. Passion, passion, yes. of course, Pauline was uh, ineligible for your top uh, TV shows of the decade, which yes. you profiled for nose, and I have to say. Spot on. I think you picked out some absolute doozies. Uh, in particular, delight to see Brooklyn Nine Nine get the props it deserves. What oh, a great show! Absolutely, and it's one of those one of those shows where I'm absolutely obsessed with, and I I sort of have to hold myself back whenever a new season is released from like re recommending it in any article or like radio interview where I recommend TV shows. But it's it's just so good, and it's like it's like the new Scrubs or the new sort of um, Modern Family or The Simpsons, and that it can be referenced at any point of the day, or there's always something that can be that can be brought back into a conversation and it's just so funny and I, I yeah. really just can't recommend it enough to enough people but I feel like everyone's sort of caught on at this stage <laughs> everyone's caught on at this stage title your sex tape <laughs> um, one of the other ones you mentioned in in your article was was Rick and Morty um, which I have always found really really funny but like do you not think that Rick and Morty is tarnished by association now with just the amount of arseholes that, that, that yeah. like it and I was incredibly mindful of this when I was when I was writing it I feel like uh, there's there's a subsection and I don't want to say the majority of Rick and Morty watchers because I'm sure there's a few good people but it just (laughs) doesn't have a great association in my head with the type of person that I would want to spend time with (laughs) I think shows shows with obnoxious anti-heroes who do whatever they want Um, a certain kind of man finds that relatable whether it's guys watching Mad Men or Sopranos and completely misunderstanding that these people are supposed to be, you know, damaged and, and you know, they're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be, like, cheering them on in an uncomplicated way. And similarly, I think um, uh, Rick is very much that character and a lot of people who don't realise that, you know, <laughs> he's an awful person, don't think he's wonderful another great ex- another great example sorry of that that sort of phenomenon you're talking about is um have you seen 500 days of summer yes people that don't realize that uh, that joseph Gar- gordon levitt is not the good person <laughs> like he's projecting all of his wants and needs onto summer and she's she's not the bad guy she's just living her life and he's sort of yeah. interfering and- it's so it's so clear when the, the the film opens talking about how it's not a love story, it's about love, and then it opens talking about how he misunderstood the Smiths and he misunderstood the graduate. That's all in like the first three minutes. It's it's the the film is making very clear, like, you know, watch out for this. We're we're flagging this very early on that this is um, not to be misinterpreted, like those things are misinterpreted. I know, and clearly he learned nothing because sure he went after that girl called Autumn at the end. So you know, yeah. 
It's sad, the, that, was the, that was the kind of the the, the progenitor of the uh, the manic pixie dream girl trope, wasn't it? If not, maybe the first one. It was certainly one of the most famous ones. That, yeah. Like, well, I think when when Nathan Rabin coined that phrase, he was writing for the AV Club at the time. He he basically pointed out that, the, that this was a trope that the, you used to have kind of ditzy blondes in like sixties kind of romantic comedies, and then they realised you can't do that anymore. You just need to make it a slightly less obviously kind of. Um, it was this is a gradual evolution of, of the kind of old Marilyn Monroe, uh, Dar- Doris Day type character, and to be, be being repackaged for a um, a generation that you know could could see through that how the, the obvious sexism of that, but the the key factor always was that I'm not like that, other that, girls. Yeah, well, but for very much the key factor was this, the, that their role in the story was entirely to make. Um, was to service or or or, or the, the development of another character. They didn't have any development themselves. Um, yeah, so it was replacing obvious on the surface sexism with a far more insidious and damaging form of sexism. Yay! <laughs> Progress. He, he, <laughs> he compared it to what was known as the the, the magic Negro characters. The um, oh yeah, he said basically it was a, it was a wow wow a white female a woman version of that with bangs which is what americans call a fringe bangs have you heard this <laughs> yes yes a name yeah. i never really got or like i, I just I'm, I'm so glad i haven't cut on here I, occasionally i pretend to like aaron thinks i use too many americanisms and occasionally i'll like i'll deliberately say something like that just to see i'll pr- pronounce root route and just to annoy her and but like I think it's if I I think bangs will may yet catch on. Quarantine's going yet, well, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna annoy my wife see how far I get for sure. But this is gonna mis mispronounce things deliberately until she snaps. <laughs> but this is just like I think I think I mean both cu- couples are like it's couples are like a, a subculture of two people with their own unique kind of comedy cultures and music cultures and and private jokes and that's the thing i think it's, it's, that's i think that's that's one of the ways i think about relationships is that if it's going well yes yeah, so you have this um have a, a, a couple of other rich lore <laughs> if it's going well i'm going to mispronounce words to sabotage it <laughs> <laughs> just make your own fun yeah <clears throat> The key is not to pronounce it in the American way. It's like where some people pronounce it root or some people pronounce it route. You have to come up with a new way of pronouncing it to annoy other people to the oh, absolute like maximum. Like, like rooty. Root. I'm going to go on holiday after this is over. I'm going to do rote 66. If, if there was a whole new country, it was just discovered what accent would they have? Oh, it's not probably American, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I was just watching, watching too much television. Watching a lot of Star Trek. It's funny how all aliens have American accents. Yeah, I find I find that so funny about classic films as well. How I was watching some of the old James Bonds recently, and it was like they were in oh, somewhere like Manila, I think. I don't know, and like everyone had an English accent. I was like, it's nuts! <laughs> what a phenomenon! Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah, a guy called Ernst Stavro Blofeld going, no, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> but the thing is, one of the things about all like um, in all the Bond films, there was the the villains always had. Um, parents from different countries, if at all, and there was always this kind of like, um, if, if at all, 
Well, they, they, you, they, have, see, they, see, they have see, hair and stuff. Yeah, but you'd see this from it's like, oh, his, his, <laughs> his father was a Brazilian missionary and his mother was a whore from Slovakia or something. And then they, they'd, they'd, they'd never just be all, yes, this, whereas, you know, Bond is very purely British. These, there's always the degeneracy of the villains is always represented by the fact they they were somehow mongrels and they were somehow kind of sexually ambiguous. I mean, it's well, sort uh, of... It's some, t- some slight disability often. It was just, it, it was just really awful. It's, I'm surprised that Ian Fleming hasn't been dragged the way J.K. Rowling or Joss Whedon have been dragged. It's not, it's not very often you see a villain backstory that was like... Uh, Doctor No grew up in a very stable household with with loving parents and a great great relationship with his sister. You know, yeah. Auric yeah. Goldfinger was always known amongst his friends as being emotionally rock solid and not in any way psychopathic. <laughs> they make for shit villains. They yeah. Really- too much well, I suppose the thing is, it's not. If it was a case that, oh yes, his um, his father was mean and kind of like and slapped him around, and said, no, no, just from a different country, <laughs> just from a different country. <laughs> you see, Bond, his father was a Chinaman. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. That's. I mean, like um, the the closest the Bonds. We, we, the funny thing is that we think that Sherlock Holmes, where the stories are being written with her, like you know. Uh, over half a century earlier, or, and they were less problematic. Even though see, it didn't have the answer. he was more because he was. They were closer. The Ian Fleming ones were closer to the Fu Manchu stories, which were just like, just appalling. straight straight up racism. Yeah, there's there's. I, I remember once um, I was I had a look at one of the books in a friend's house, and in the first like the second page, they, we have to watch out for Fu Manchu. He wants to overturn the stuff, the superiority of the white people. <laughs> yeah, just, that's that's just some pretty shit. much straight up like that. But I mean, to be honest with you, Derek, you shouldn't be surprised. Like he, mm. James Bond is a, an agent of the British Secret Service. Like his job is to preserve an empire that is built entirely on racism. Oh yeah. Like it, it just shouldn't come. I'm surprised that this guy who believes in British imperialism is slightly problematic. Like <laughs> this should be the least, the least, I'm the not, least surprising. Oh, of course, he's a racist. Oh yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. My point really is that say people who will say, oh, you know, like uh, Ross Geller is this awful person. By the way, it wouldn't be great if like Idris Elba played Bond. That's not, just like that's not going to fix the core problem. <laughs> There's a no, but it would be a step in the right direction, wouldn't it? Like it's like we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna get rid of. Why does Ian not, Fleming get steps in the right direction? And he's people dead. more recent don't because he's because he's not on Twitter. Because <laughs> it's Listen, no fun we can't to drag someone if he who's doesn't dead. know we're cancelling him. We Life has cancelled him already, so it's fine. <laughs> He's been cancelled by the social media um, um, influencer in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, would you say if, if Ian Fleming was on the internet polling, would he be a reply guy? Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like I feel like there's one of two ways you can go as a man who has created a piece of work on the internet. And mm-hmm. that's like the nice way. And that's the I know everything and you shouldn't doubt me. And also, I know everything that you do too. So I'm oh, going to tell you what I think about the situation. Have you ever met a reply guy online, Pauline? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I think most women on the internet have. Um, I the the one of the more um, one of the bigger ones that stands out in my mind is whenever I did the last episode with the Van Fajin one. 
where I translated the lyrics from uh, Irish to English, and a man replied to me and told me I was a shonin. Shonin. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like, who do you think you're talking to? But you know you can't even reply or pay them any attention because they'll just be like, well, you're doing this, which means you're a shonin, and you don't have any respect for the Irish language. And you're sort of there like, what? What? Huh? What you, uh, did he call you that as Gwelga or as Berla? Uh, no, as Berla. So he said, oh, I think you're God what sake. people call a shonin. S-H-O-N-E-E-N. <laughs> oh my Christ. You were that's a real, Irish. That's a, yeah, that's a real let me interrupt your expertise with my confidence moment. Exactly. I was like, have you read my bio? <laughs> <laughs> or any of my tweets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even the start of the tweet thread? No. No. Oh my God. Uh, I just so you've, you've you wrote recently about what uh, what Twitter is planning on bringing in, um, and has already of, brought in. Has already brought in yeah. for some verified accounts. Yeah, I don't have it. Derek does. Um, for <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> it's basically they're gonna they're gonna give you the option to not have any reply guys in your menchies. Yeah, I, I I sort of take issue with this in in one way. It's it was a relief to a lot of people that I would have seen on the timeline talking about it, like women who uh, could be journalists or would face abuse for stuff that they would put up or their work that they would put up and to have that limited to just their followers would be great because you know the way sometimes when something goes viral it attracts a whole new sort of spate of people who you don't know who suddenly jump in and think they know you and think they know your work Um, and some of the, some of those people were sort of rejoicing, like, oh, thank God I won't have to deal with other people. But then you sort of get into this sinister sort of... Uh, I can't think of that word in English. I'm like, implacty, and I'm like... Uh, oh, the implications. Implications, yeah, implications. there we go. Um, the implacty, word of the day, uh, of this this aspect or this feature and it's sort of like well if we can't reply to somebody who's being a massive racist and tell them they're wrong you know or like a brand that's saying like this is the only way to do this or uh, our product is the best one and it definitely doesn't have loads of chemicals that might kill you in it and sort of limit their replies to only themselves it's like where's the accountability and where's the sort of public forum that Twitter is and that allows people to share these things so it's sort of a double-edged sword and particularly not- when you consider that one of the things one of Twitter's greatest sins has been that it has given one, one certain people in particular a massive free platform and like and I'm, I'm thinking of how particularly since 2016 I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the how the, the president of the United States had access to do things which would historically getting that kind of access that kind of unchallenged access to kind of that, that wide an audience would normally be done through some sort of professional journalist who would be asking questions and even if they went if they weren't held to that standard it's so it, it does i do think it could be sinister if it's being given given the certain politicians of have been able to use social media in that way um yeah if you if you have a platform uh, that's been given to you for some way or another and you're in a position of power i don't think you should be allowed to just say whatever you want with no consequence mm-hmm. I, I, it feels sort of insidious and I think, and and you can see where they're coming from, and uh, in a way that protects sort of celebrities from all this hate from people that they don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's it's also not 
great in terms of uh, accountability and stuff. I'm just, I'm sort of uncomfortable with it and I'm, I'd be very interested to see if it's scrapped or if it's kept and changed. Um, but mm. I'm, I'm really not sure. I think that we will, we'll, it'll definitely some more discussion as the weeks roll on. But while we're on the topic of reply, guys, we, I thought you, myself and Patter, you used the English term in your article. We might be able to come up with an Irish term. Ooh, and I, I am like going to start the ball by rolling by saying far agra. Far agra. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I I I like that. That's that's not I'm bad. I'm almost I'm almost willing to hop on board with that one. <laughs> far agra. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. That's okay. That, that's that's a good one. I, I suppose. I should look, let you go want, first. When you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, when you want when you want to when you when you want to get into the, uh, the the like at its heart, like what what is a reply guy? What's a reply guy's motivation? Like what does what does someone like this want to get across when they decide that they will just add their confident bluster to? any kind of point a woman is making online. I mean... Um, yeah, they're they're looking to... Uh, they think that they are um, an expert. They are some mm. sort of... Um, Superiority complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just sort of stroke their own ego and hope everyone goes, wow, I'm so glad you told me that. I would never have known otherwise. Especially yeah, which, which not is, in my own field. <laughs> which has never happened in the entire history of Twitter. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like you, you get a massive... Once paragraph in your dms that says like that slates something you've said online and then like midway through the last last bit of the paragraph it's like no i'm no expert on these things myself but <laughs> yeah you should have started with that yeah i'm finished with it <laughs> yeah, yeah you should have just left when it you never ends that. it never ends a we, we shall marry in the spring <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like are, are we meant to fall in love with you and sort of be whisked away by your wisdom <laughs> so I'm um, gonna um, in the last two minutes we have before we wrap up, uh, Pauline. Uh, first of all, I just want to say yes uh, that people can find your articles in No Study. Yes, of course, and I uh, I retweet them on to my own Twitter account, which is at Pollination, and it's the same on Instagram. Um, I do paint on the Pauline live on Tuesdays at one o'clock. So if you need a little bit of relaxy time at lunchtime, if you're working from home. Um, you can watch or paint along uh, and that's on No Smag on Instagram and uh, basically just follow me on most social media platforms. And are you on the TikTok? <laughs> I am on the TikTok and we've actually started an incredibly exciting project myself and one of the joint winners of Rose of Covid as well as uh, two of our friends uh, Rory uh, Egan and Connor Logue so that's me Leah, Rory, and Connor have we've started a TikTok collective called Unreal Talked, uh, oh. where we upload videos and memes and fun stuff and maybe a wee bit of uh, informative content onto our TikTok. Um, so if you want to go follow that for the crack, then that would be great. How do you spell Grail Talked in that? Yeah, so we say, I, I said it not in my accent. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Unreal and then T O K T. So oh, on girl, talk, talk, talk for yeah, TikTok is very TikTok. clever. Yeah. Very clever. We're so clever. I would encourage our listeners to go and have a look at all those forms. And I think it's I'm, I think it's great that Nose is doing so well. You're making such a great contribution. I think it is wonderful that 
Matthew's Matthew Cummings um, editorial steerage. He has um, he's given a, a great shot to some wonderful new voices, and he has been incredibly supportive to me and at, at the start of my sort of journalism career and everything as well. So, honestly, I have so much respect for him and all the opportunities he's given me. So, uh, really, noses. It's sort of a cultural touch point that um, is really necessary in my opinion I mean I'm not just saying that as someone who works for them (laughs) as someone someone whose paychecks carry the word nose I think uh, it's really really important (laughs) I know it's great and people can people can reply to my tweets saying saying that I I should be held accountable for my uh, my words here so that's nice (laughs) no nose is doing brilliantly it's great to have a magazine site that's actually really refreshing really exciting and everybody should check out Pauline's articles about uh, social media um, most recent one highlighting the cool work that like the Gael gals are doing that one's out today and Great uh, girls. this uh, I love I love Gilk Nishachtana tweet of the week <laughs> it's always always interesting and funny uh, so yeah look Tresha Lishan number fair play with Pauline until the next time it is Islam for me and it's Islam Wimsha Islam Wimsha Mind yourselves. Motherfuckler comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. You can find us at motherfucklore at headstuff.org or you can follow at the Irish Four on Twitter or indeed our curation rotation account at motherfucklore. Thanks a million as always to Brian for producing and to Kirsten for the deadly artwork. Slangafold, we'll see you and chat the Jogan. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm very sad. I should have asked you to the Debs.